I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 343 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. Jesse Sinsack joins me. He is a professional snowboarder who won the fourth season of The Bachelorette. He became engaged to The Bachelorette, Deanna, which didn't end up working out. However, he did find the love of his life, Anne, who was a contestant on season 13 of The Bachelor. Jesse is also a successful entrepreneur and owner of several businesses. I'm very excited to have him here with me today. So Jesse Sinsack will be here in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Jesse was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and the Bachelorette winner, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and keep it locked in for the rest of the week here on the podcast. I have two former first-round NFL draft picks that will be joining me. I did try to get those scheduled and recorded in time for the NFL draft, but I was a day late and a dollar short. Nevertheless, Wednesday, I will have all-pro New York Jets center Nick Mangold, who now makes a kick-ass barbecue sauce, which I will be giving away to a few listeners here. So make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for details on that. Uh, the barbecue sauce is absolutely delicious. Got a hot sauce and a sweet one to give away. Friday, former first-round pick and current executive vice president of football operations for the NFL, Troy Vincent, will be stopping by. Don't forget, this month I'm being sponsored by Manscaped. Visit manscaped.com and use my promo code FATHER at the checkout to receive 20% off your order. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father. Day right here with me, and I'm gonna be right back with the Bachelorette winner of season four, Jesse Sinsack. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, today's episode is being brought to you in part by Manscaped. Manscaped has precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Let's face it, guys, we're all waiting for those barbershops to open up again because our hair has grown out of control during the COVID lockdown. But with Manscaped's third-generation lawnmower, you don't have to wait to shave that unwanted hair below the belt. And let's be honest, guys, when it comes to the bedroom, no woman wants to walk in and find that love muscle buried in the bushes. Get a smooth shave under your shorts with Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the waterproof cordless lawnmower 3.0. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners get 20% off plus free shipping by using the code FATHER at manscaped.com. Visit manscaped.com or tap the link in the show notes. Use the code FATHER and save 20% off. And enjoy all that extra attention she'll give you when she finds that bald eagle. All right, joining me now, First Class Father, Jesse Sinsack. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Three kids, Noah, nine, Charlotte, six, and Carter, three. Okay, very cool. You going for any more? Or you all done? All done. All done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind of sports or activities are they all into? So they all snowboard. Um, I was a professional snowboarder for about 15 years in Colorado, and obviously, you know, that's a passion of mine. So got them all out there doing that. They're into anything uh, that gives you adrenaline rush. Uh, my oldest has to drive dad's ATV when we go out. So snowboarding, we own a few horses. Uh, 
my son rides English pleasure, um, Arabian horses. So, you know, we're pretty busy. Three kids, home-based businesses. We're going, going, going. Yeah, very cool. If you could elaborate a little bit on that, just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit more about your background and what you do. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Northeastern Ohio. Um, father and mother both worked, you know, 40-hour week jobs. My dad was a semi-truck driver. My mom worked in an office, moved out to Breckenridge, Colorado uh, when I was 18, decided to be a professional snowboarder, did that for about 15 years. Somehow I got roped into uh, going into reality TV, filmed a few episodes of MTV Made, and when I finished that, I got a phone call from ABC's The Bachelorette. Uh, I thought they had a shortage of dirt bags in L.A., so I hopped on a plane, went out there, and ended up winning the show, got engaged on national television. Uh, that relationship broke up about six months later. I met my wife at a reunion, the first reunion I attended for reality television. And uh, a year later, we started um, getting married, having kids, and, uh, you know, fast forward. Now I'm old and gray and uh, just a lowly tree trimmer. I own... Uh, Arizona Home Check Property Management, Colorado Home Check Property Management, and Arizona Tree Trimming and Removal. Yeah, wow. Very impressive, Jesse. And uh, so then about how old were you then when you first became a dad? And how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Man, you know, I was 28, I believe, when um, when Noah was born. I'm trying to do the math in my head now. And, uh, you know, I could still remember the day he was born. But I'll tell you what, you know. Literally, I feel like there should be some sort of license for having children. <laughs> it is, it is, it's going to change. You know, you could have the hardest dude ever. My uncle Jack is a, a perfect example. You know, he's a green beret and nom and just a hard dude. And, uh, you know, seeing him now as a grandpa, I'm like, man, you're soft. You know, kids change people <laughs> for sure. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a blessing, man. I wouldn't trade my kids for the world. Um, you know, they, they kind of make you, um, how do you say it, safe. You know, you don't take those unneeded risks anymore that, you know, when you were that bachelor that you would do, um, you start, you know, evaluating mentally risk versus reward. And uh, that's kind of the biggest thing that I think I would take away from, you know, from being a dad is I don't want to put myself at risk because then who's going to protect my family? Yeah, well said. Yeah. And it, it's always kind of eye opening, especially with that first kid when, you know, you're in the hospital for a few days and then they take you downstairs and like, all right, see you later. Goodbye. You know, you're kind of like looking at each other like, wow, that's it. You know, nobody comes home with us for a while here. Um, And obviously, you know, you you crushed it in the world of uh, snowboarding and your kids are into it now. Um, What what initially got you into snowboarding and what is a good age to get kids involved in it? And how would you go about that process? You know, I was a sports kid in, in, in high school and junior high. I, I loved soccer, football, baseball. I played all those sports and, you know, winter, Northeastern Ohio winters are pretty brutal up there. And uh, I had a buddy come to school and said uh, his family owned a plumbing company, Doug Gross, Gross Plumbing. And uh, he said, hey, man, I'm going to go snowboarding after school. You should come along. And all my football buddies were like, ah, why do you waste your time with that? You'll never be any good at it. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> and so that pushed me to you know, want to prove them wrong that, you know, I wasn't just a jock. Um, and I would tell, you know, any kid that wants to do something different, you know, I don't know. I guess I live by that, you know, headspace of my kid's probably never going to be the next Emmett Smith in football. And and not that he couldn't be, but he's just probably, you know, the chances of him doing that are, are you know, you probably have a better chance of winning the Powerball. So in my head, you know, I have the ability to make him one heck of a snowboard athlete. And also the way that I look at snowboarding is, is you're kind of like an artist. It's an open canvas. There's nobody out there telling you what to do. You know, your tricks are your, your own finesse, your own Monet, if you will. And uh, I've always had appreciation for being kind of that independent person and making kind of your own road. And that's what snowboarding kind of 
teaches you in, in a way. So I have a great appreciation for that sport because of that. Yeah, very well said. It's exciting. I've, I've never done it myself. It's definitely on my to-do list of things to experience with the kids. And, um, and, and so what kind of slid you into the world? I mean, you own multiple businesses here now as an entrepreneur. Were you always uh, an entrepreneurial? Uh, you always had that in you? Do you like a lemonade stand kid? Or when did that sort of hit you? And how did you go about transferring into that role? Yeah, I had a kid in grade school named Aaron Verulo, and he was this Italian kid, and he had a paper route. And I always loved that this kid had money. And, you know, he goes, hey, you should think about getting a paper route. It's a really nice way to kind of have extra, you know, extra cash and, you know, like to buy baseball cards back in the 80s. You know, that was a thing. So I got a paper route. I was maybe 10 or 12 years old, and I did that. And, it, you know, it kind of showed me that I got out of it what I put in. If I didn't go out and collect the money from my, from my route, I didn't get paid. And... You know, I saw my dad working crazy hours, driving a semi truck for pennies, working for the man. And I got that work ethic from him. You know, he, him and my mom, they both just worked their freaking fingers to the bone my whole life. My mom quit a big corporate job doing really well for herself uh, when I was born and took care of me until I went away to school in kindergarten. And I just watched my dad, you know, never home, always working for the man. I thought there's got to be more to life than this. And, um, some local entrepreneurs, you know, kind of took me under their wing growing up. I owned a car detailing business in Cleveland. I was washing cars for, for people, you know, in the 90s and uh, pick them up at their work while they were working. And I wash them and take them back, wax them, that sort of thing. And so I've always just kind of, you know, cut my own path, kind of done my own way. And, and it's always been that, you know, hands-on type thing. I'm a very uh, hands-on kind of guy. So, you know, it just made sense to me. I just didn't understand working for somebody and never, you know, you're at their mercy of if they liked you or not to fire you, et cetera. So being an entrepreneur, you're the boss and you know, it's risk versus reward. And I trust me. I know that I'm not going to fail me. I just, you know, team never quit. I'm sure you've had Jocko on. If not, you should. And uh, you know, it's just that mentality of, I don't need to be better than the other guy. I'm just going to outwork him, you know? I'll get there before him. I'll leave after him. And I'm going to, the dude's going to be scratching his head. It's the Rocky story. The same thing. He just outworked the Russian, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I haven't had Jocko just yet. I'm still working on that, but I've had both Marcus Luttrell and uh, David Rutherford from the team never quit uh, podcast. So I'm down with all that mentality. And we were talking a little bit before we started this year. And when I was a kid, it was the same way. We were hustlers and we, and we were, you know, we were the kids in the neighborhood that would shovel the driveways. I learned how to do some simple auto mechanic skills as a young teenager. And I was able to make some side money, but today it seems like that's kind of gone away. And, and the new hustle seems to be all online. I mean, you have, you see kids that are making, you know, six figure salaries on YouTube. Uh, they're starting their own channels and it seems to be not as much hands on, but it still takes a certain skill that you got to learn. Are you, how, how do you, I mean, you do all this, um, you know, out in the free country there. Are your kids into the technology as much? or uh, How do you monitor or handle the video games and the screens with your kids? I know they're still young. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, iPads for us is like kind of Pandora's box of holy smokes. They don't realize what's at the tip of their fingers, uh, but we do. So, you know, we do screen time with them. So uh, they have those Amazon iPad things where I can uh, limit the amount of time, um, that sort of stuff. But you know, I don't allow my kids. None of my kids have any phones yet. I'm not that dad. My, my kid wants to have a YouTube channel. I'm not opposed to it. But like I said, you know, I'm a believer in the old school way, you know, using your hands, the industrial way of America. And, and you know, those jobs are recession proof, you know, car mechanics, diesel mechanics, you know, landscapers, all those people that work with their hands. It doesn't matter if we go into another recession. 
you know, your HOA is still going to send you a fine to, if you don't trim your trees or pull your weeds, you know? So, you know, yeah, we live in an age of computers, but we're also one dirty bomb away from South Korea setting off in the atmosphere and computers go away and we go back to living in a stone age life like we did 200 years ago. So, you know, yeah, we have computers. We use them. My kids, my, my three-year-old's better on an iPad than my, my mom is, um, <laughs> which is crazy. And they know how to use them. But I, you know, I really, I'm that guy that on the weekends, we don't, we go outside in the woods. We learn to start fires. We chop firewood. You know, we run chainsaws. We're that family. You know, we're, I guess, the great American rednecks, if you will. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? On that, another one that's usually big. Uh, whenever we, you know, bring up the guns, gun debate, that's always a hot topic, a hot button issue. Um, I, I know that you, you're, you're a guy that owns guns, or shoots guns. When do you feel like it's a good idea to int- or have you already introduced guns to your kids? What do you think would be a safe age for you to let them start firing a weapon? All right, Daz, today's episode is being brought to you in part by Yak Talkback, the family-friendly way to share your day. Hey, Daz, do you struggle for more than one-word answers when asking your kids about their day? Do you need some help and stimulation to kickstart the conversation? Then welcome to the world of Yak Talkback, the brand-new Alexa skill from Real2 Media that promises to get families talking. A fun, interactive question experience hosted by Yak that combines character voices, kid-friendly music, and sound design. Yak Talkback provides a stimulating and supportive environment in which kids can express and articulate themselves. With new content every day, each session is led by the lovable Yak and consists of a short story and three questions, specifically designed to encourage families to share their thoughts and feelings, all while enjoying some family fun time together. Available now from the Alexa Skills Store in both North America and the UK, just say, Alexa, enable Yak Talkback and try it for yourself. It's good to talk, but it's even better to yak. Um, I, I know that you, you're, you're a guy that owns guns or shoots guns. When do you feel like it's a good idea to intro, or have you already introduced guns to your kids? What do you think would be a safe age for you to let them start firing a weapon? Yeah, you know, uh, my nine-year-old started when he was seven. And, and every kid's different, right? So this is kind of, you know, something I've spent a great many hours on, uh, which, which is firearms training with three kids, obviously. And I got really big into it when I had a daughter. I would make your kid be able to recite and understand the firearm safety rules before you allow them anywhere near a firearm. There are, um, there are five basic firearm safety rules, you know, finger off the trigger, know your target and beyond, yada, yada, yada. When your kid can recite those firearm safety rules and understand the meetings and explain the meetings, then it's time to take them out and get them behind a firearm. Um, and not just on paper either. You know, I mean, my nine-year-old can run an AR-15 better than most 30-year-old men can. And, and not because we're gun nuts, but because we live in a day and age when people walk into schools with AR-15s and AK-47s and shoot them up. And if the football coach tackles that guy, I want my, my son to be able to have the life skill to pick up that tool, know how to utilize it, and maybe save some lives. You know, it's, 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 it's like swimming. It's pass fail. That's what firearms are. He may be at somebody's house one day and that kid doesn't know about him. And he pulls his father's gun out to show somebody and it goes off. I want my son to have that education, that knowledge that will save lives one day. And, and that's the way that I look at firearms or tools, like anything else, a bottle of Drano, if properly you, if improperly used could really hurt somebody. Scissors, knives all of these household items are deadly if not if not you know used in the proper way so my six-year-old um you know she's around firearms when i'm there and we're cleaning them um you know loading them that sort of thing 
she does never she never handles them because she cannot recite those firearm safety rules to me and she she doesn't understand them yet so that's kind of my any parent that asks me about guns and their kids that's my kind of point of reference is they have to know and understand those firearm safety rules guns don't walk out of gun safes and shoot people people shoot people yeah good stuff right on with that jesse and and segueing that into discipline uh what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad and is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with yeah you know i don't my kids don't get the belt I got the belt growing up and that's probably the best thing my dad ever did for me. Um, I was just that kid. I didn't take anything seriously. And I'm sure most kids are that way. You know, they just, they don't think about the consequences. Um, but my kids definitely get, get spanks and they know, you know, when dad says something or mom says something, if they don't do it, that's the consequence. You rob a bank, you go to jail. That's a consequence. And I feel like giving your kids consequences and being a strict parent, you know, my kids don't need friends. They can get plenty of those at school. They need an authority figure to teach them, um, you know, about authority. And and that goes back to firearms. You know, my wife and I really butted heads on the whole firearms thing with my nine-year-old and him being able to go out and shoot guns. And um, one day we were out to breakfast and a couple of police officers walked in and he got up from the table and walked over to him and said, thank you for your service and shook their hand. My son's around federal agents on, you know, gun ranges all the time. He's not afraid of of police officers when they walk up to the car. He knows that all he has to do is comply, answer questions honestly, and he's not going to have a problem. And I feel like that just goes back into, you know, understanding cause and effect. Because I did this, the effect will be this. And that, you know, that goes with anything in life. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're seeing so much of that. So many of the dads that I have on the show, when I ask them that question, they'll always say, oh, yeah, mine was much different growing up. They had, you know, the, the belt, the spanking, the paddle, whatever it may be. And they say, well, I don't do that with my kids. But yet it's one of the things that they point to that's helped lead them to such a big, successful life. So I don't know if we're doing more damage by not bringing that type of discipline style to our kids, um, which I think I mean, I, I, I spank my kids up to a certain point where I think it, it's useless at that point where you can actually communicate with them and they understand what they've done and then you can punish them in other ways. But I think yep. until you get to that point, I, I find it to be very effective. Yeah. Um, and um, you know what? Right now, uh, I'm sure you're in the same boat as me here. I have four kids myself. Uh, I've added the homeschool teacher now to my resume here. Um, how has the coronavirus been hitting you out there? Uh, and how is the homeschooling going for you? You know, uh, I'll be honest. You know, my wife, uh, God bless her. Uh, <laughs> her birthday was yesterday. She's been doing the homeschooling, the math, the science, the English. I mean, everything. Not me. You know, I've been out keeping the trucks on the road, keeping the guys working, keeping the money coming in. And, and it's literally, you know, in, in our house, everybody works, right? Like everybody has a position, a job. You know, my wife's a very successful real estate agent. She owns a home staging company. So for us, the coronavirus has almost shifted us. What I feel being a 50 year mentality of going back to the way my parents lived to where my dad went to work, my mom stayed home with the kids type deal. And my wife's going stir crazy and I feel horrible for her which is part of the reason I upgraded her ring. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she's, she's just, she's slam dunked it. I don't know how she's been able to juggle everything um, from the kids, you know, and, and just being home and dealing with that. We, we had a nanny, a full-time nanny. And uh, when this hit, you know, the nanny took a kind of leave of absence, you know, to, to lock down and stay at home. And, you know, we had a great appreciation for that. And we don't technically need her now because, you know, we're home. But my wife, she's high five to all you moms out there and all you dads that are, you know, stepping up to the plate and 
and, you know, being the teacher and being the parent because it's a lot. It really is a lot. Yeah, well said. And, uh, you know, my wife is one of the, is a big fan of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, the whole series. What was that experience like for you to be on there with a bunch of guys going after the same woman? What what was that like for you? And, and would you ever allow your kids to watch the episodes that you or your wife was in? So I'm totally for my kids watching the episodes. Uh, my wife, however, is not. Um, <laughs> my wife's season, I we saw it. My kids actually in about the past year just realized that we were on reality television and they saw my wife's episode. Mom, can we watch this? And she's like, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> the experience is mind boggling. I mean, think if, you know, you and I are just sitting here chit chatting, having a cup of coffee and a helicopter lands out in the driveway and a producer walks up and says, let's go. And you hop on the helicopter and you fly over to the old airstrip and meet your date. And you guys go, Go to San Francisco for lunch and then hop on a little, you know, puddle jumper there and go land on a, you know, in the middle of the ocean and have, you know, strawberries and champagne on your own private island for five hours and then get on a boat and come back and go to. I mean, it's it's mind blowing. You know, it really is. But uh, it really does happen to people. You know, you're pinching yourself like, what the heck's going on? Is this real? And you're living it. So it is real. But then you come back from that. And, you know, as a guy, you have all these women that never in a million years would have spoken to you. And all of a sudden they want to be your best friend. And my manager, uh, Jeff, at the time said, this was really good advice. You don't need any new friends. You know, you need to really focus, stay the course. And I did. And I met my wife because of it. And uh, now I've, you know, three beautiful kids and all is good. Yeah, I've had Ryan Sutter on the show here. He was the first guy that won the, the or win, yep. if you call it, the Bachelorette. And uh, yep. he, he had the issue where he was a firefighter and uh, people were like calling fake fire alarms to see if he would show up. Like it kind of gets out of control with all yeah. that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, Ryan, we used to live in Vail, Colorado, and Ryan and Trista used to be our neighbors before we moved to Arizona. Oh, very cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, what type of uh, what what type of values are you hoping to instill in your kids here, Jesse? Man, I'll tell you, being a... Uh, just your word is your bond. You know, that's, that's what I try to explain to my son. I'm like, you don't need to be the best at what you do. You need to, people need to be able to trust you because we live in a world now where everybody's got a lawyer. You know what I mean? You didn't have lawyers a hundred years ago. It was a handshake and you could take yourself far in business, you know, with honesty and a handshake and doing exactly what you say you're going to do. And that's kind of my main thing with my kids is, you know that when I tell you don't do that and you do it, you're going to get a spank. I'm honestly going to spank you. You know that. Um, and, and you start with the small stuff. My son will come to work with me. You know, hey, you come to work, you're going to make 20 bucks. And he knows that if he comes to work and he does a good day's work, he's going to get 20 bucks. And I feel like those are the basics of life. You know, what you say is what you do. And, and if more people did that, the world really would be a better place, man. It's no joke. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more there, Jesse. And what, what's next for you now? You've got multiple businesses running here. You've had so much success, snowboarding career in the books. Uh, what's next for you? What kind of goals or plans do you have for the future? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not going to lie. I would love to sell off a couple of these businesses here in the next few years. I think, you know, we built the empire up pretty good. You know, I, I'm not the guy that needs two assistants. You know, if I get to that point, we're going to start selling some stuff. So I'd love to, you know, you know finish building these up walk away from a couple of them and, and retire with the property management. I think that's something I could do into the late years of my life and uh, continue to kind of feed the meter, if you will. 
Yeah. Awesome. All right. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Jesse, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Patience, 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 patience. There's a million scenarios that we could talk about that you're going to go through that you could have never imagined. Be patient. Things, you know, things that seem like the end of your world right now in 30 days won't even matter. So just be patient. Take a deep breath. You'll get through it. Nothing good or nothing bad lasts for very long. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Jesse Sinsack, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate the opportunity. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jesse Sinsack for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. I got a lot more action coming your way this week, including two former first-round NFL draft picks. First up will be on Wednesday with Nick Mangold, who played as an all-pro center 11 seasons for the Jets. He has now got a kick-ass barbecue sauce called Mangold's 74 Barbecue Sauce. I'm going to be giving away one jar of the hot, one jar of the sweet. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all the details on how you can have a chance to win one of them. Friday, we have the executive vice president of football operations for the NFL, former first-round pick Troy Vincent. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.